1: A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Modern Love Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Brenda Wade, and I am so excited to talk with you tonight about M-O-N-E-Y, about money, and you all know that money is the number one reason that couples fight, and it is the leading cause of fights that lead to divorce. So tonight, we want to take some of the fear out of your relationship with money. We want to take some of the fear that most people have about investing and growing their money by talking with our expert who's with us tonight, and that's Mark Hamilton. And Mark founded Hamilton and Zans in 2001. And it's all about acquisition, ownership, development of real estate. And they've got more than 40 properties here in the Bay Area. So he's got a lot of history, information, and experience. And I want you tonight to take notes. And the most important thing, I'm going to set an intention. I want you to leave tonight's show feeling more comfortable about investing. I want you to feel more knowledgeable about the whole business of taking care of your money and talking about money in your love life because it's one of those things you have to talk about. All right, so let me tell you just a little bit more about our guest and then I'm going to introduce Mark Hamilton. Before forming his own commercial brokerage, and investment business in 1994, Mark earned a Bachelor of Arts with high honors in English literature from San Francisco State University and a Master of Arts in English and American literature from Brandeis University where he attended as a university scholar and fellow. Now that may not seem the profile of someone who would be in investment and be in the whole business of money. And guess what? You'd be right. Mark's got a story to tell us. Hi there, Mark. Welcome to the show.
0: Dr. Brenda. and Hello, Dr. Brenda, and thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's great to have you here. And you know that money is one of the big, scary things that I have found over and over and over as I'm working with couples and with singles in my workshops and seminars and retreats. This is a big one. I have found that most people have such a fear of dealing with money, and it's the fear that gets in the way. It's the fear that makes people fight about money, because money means different things, and usually it's not money. So let's start with finding out a little more about you. I was so intrigued when I read your your bio and your background that you started out with a masters of arts in English and American literature. Now how did you get into investment?
0: Well, you know, it was a it was a blessed accident uh, that took place in my life. I can't really claim a lot of uh credit for it, but as as I was realizing that I wasn't suited uh to the uh aspiration of life as a university professor, I had taken a job while I was figuring things out, commercial real estate firm. And mostly because of the, you know, the great people, a couple of exceptional people that I met along the way, uh, I had an opportunity um, to do some investing on small multifamily properties in San Francisco. And in no time at all, I I discovered that I was a junkie for it. And that was was in the mid-1980s, and it's something that I've – just taken a tremendous amount of sustenance from over the last 30 years.
1: So for you, you went from literature, trying to figure out, am I going to be a professor? What am I going to do? And discovered by accident that you had a love for, and when people love something, it usually means they also have a talent, a talent for investing. Now, Mark, in your family background, what did your parents teach you about money? Now, everybody, I want you... <laughs> To make a note of this question that Mark's about to answer, because this is a pivotal question that everyone needs to know. You need to know the answer. What did you learn about money? Because when you answer that question, sometimes that's a great way to lower the fear level about money. So, Mark, what did you
0: learn? Well, I think for my parents, my parents are both uh, retired uh, community college teachers, and what was really clear uh to them was that the the vast majority of the money that you're going to have in your life is going to be the money you make in your career and um that's going to be the mo- that's going to be where the money comes from and then you do your best uh to use it wisely i mean we were we lived a very modest lifestyle and we thought it was was very normal um and it was also important to to my folks it was clear to all of us to i have two sisters and one brother that uh that you know a successful life was about having a decent career and that you were probably going to get there um by going to college and those were always those were always the premiums the premiums weren't about amassing um anything financial but about you know putting your putting your earnings into your life and and using it wisely and uh you know my parents knew that they were both going to have pensions as as retired school teachers And first and foremost, it was about what are you going to do with your life.
1: Mm -hmm. So what you're going to do with your life, and I like how you put this, you said put your earnings into your life. What's the most important thing that your parents put their earnings into?
0: The family. Um, family. The family, uh, paying the bills, um, making sure that everybody was safe and sound, and, uh, you know, helping helping four of us as they could. Um, go through college in California. Wow, and, you and know so-
1: it sounds like your parents made great contributions to the community. Also, because one thing I know, I come from a family. Uh, my mom was an educator. Also, is that when you're an educator, you touch the lives of so many people in the community, and it's just one of the the best contributions I think anyone can make is to be an
0: educator which is why I think educators
1: should be paid more. Let me just get that in. I I agree with you there, there. and
0: and I think that's also a terrific observation because um, I'm actually on my way to visit with my parents right now, and they're still very connected with the town where we're all raised. My mom was an early childhood education teacher, and she gets no shortage of joy visiting not only with um, people who were young adults in her class as college students, but visiting with, with young adults now who are who are having their own families, and you know, oh. my father remains very tied to to people whom he knew as colleagues and as as students and it It's clear that it, I mean, it's always been clear that it's just about um the life that you get to have um and the importance of of work and touching other people's lives and, and getting an education
1: yeah and being of service, you know one of the principles that we teach in our seminars we teach love money, and seva. Seva is, you probably know the Sanskrit word, that means selfless service. And Mm. your parents certainly were doing seva. And we put love and money together because we know, you know, this is something that I've worked long and hard to help people understand that they're related. Love and money are related. If you feel comfortable and you feel confident in your financial life, and you're also being of service, that feeds back into you having a healthier love life. These things all fit together. We aren't different people in the different areas of our lives as a rule. So, Mark, if you were to describe from your perspective as an investment expert, what are the three things that you would tell anyone who wants to invest money, What's the mm-hmm. first thing they need to know?
0: Well, I'll come back to to one of the first the, one of the first thoughts I had that that you look at anybody who's got uh, any any amount of money that 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 you would notice as a bystander or or just even reading about them in the paper. Most people make their money through their work. Um and I think they make the vast majority of their money through their work, whether it's somebody who who's doing something similar to what I do. Or it's a software kingpin or someone on Wall Street um or someone who's a physician or a school teacher, and we make our money um through what we do and you know if if you're if you're fortunate, you'll be able to do work that you really enjoy that that suits you, does have benefit to other people, so that you you have the opportunity to to keep doing work that you enjoy but i think i, I think it's too easy to forget that um that money comes to us really through our work. Um, I guess the second thought that i would that I would offer is that that whenever you 're thinking about any kind of investment um whether it 's uh extra funds that you 're leaving in your checking account or investing in commercial real estate or investing in a hedge in a hedge fund, you really need to be sure that it suits you that you 're really suited to the kind of investment and the consequences um that you 're going to have from that particular investment. There are many different things to be tied up in. But once you once you own an investment, in a way, it owns you, too, if you have any expect, expectations of it. So it's just really important to, to give some thought to the suitability of it. And I, and I don't think taking extra time to figure that out is ever going to hurt anybody. And if you're having doubts or anxieties, you should just wait. You should wait until you're satisfied that what you're thinking of is going to suit you. And then lastly, I, I really believe um you know, my career has been mostly about the the really awesome people um that I've met along the way. Um and the people that I get to work with as clients and the people that I get to work with
1: in the office in my
0: office, my coworkers. And so you you I think you lose something as an investor when you navigate to an experience that's it's through the web only or it's through email only or it's you know it's through the airwaves one way or another i think i think you 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 run the risk of losing a lot not necessarily financially but you you lose a lot when you're engaged in something that doesn't have a high connection to the person to a person that you're working with i i just my experience has been if you really want things to work out um, you're much better off working with people you know and people that you that you get to be a person with and vice versa. So, I mean, I know that all sounds horribly homespun and all Norman Rockwell, but...
1: Um, Not really. I, I think at the end of the day, the human factor is something that everyone who's in the world of technology and robotics and all of it, everyone is doing their best to infuse the human factor, because there is something that a robot or a machine just can't do. And I think Einstein said it best. Einstein said the head without the heart could be Mm cruel. The heart Mm -hmm. without the head could maybe be too soft. But when we Mm. put the two together, we have wisdom. And there is a wisdom when you sit down, and sometimes my granny used to say two heads are better than one. You sit down yep. with another person, you can Absolutely. figure it out. Now, Mark, no, did you no. ever – oh, by the way, wait, wait, wait. Let me do this really quickly. If you want to join the conversation, if you have questions for Mark Hamilton of Hamilton Zan's Investment and Realty, you can call us, Old 347 three four seven nine eight nine 0776 that's 3479890776 or you can send your question via Facebook that's Dr Brenda Wade or tweet it to us at Dr Brenda Wade on Twitter and our associate producer Cliff is standing by and he'll take your questions right now okay so we'd love to hear from you and field your questions so I was just about to ask you, Mark, did you ever have that fear of dealing with money that I spoke of earlier?
0: Um, quite, quite honestly, no. And it, uh, in a way, it's a little bit astonishing because I, I, I will say I grew up a little bit naive about money because there just wasn't a huge focus on on money as a as an independent commodity in my family. And in fact, the um, the 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 most um i'll say reckless the most reckless investment i ever did uh, turned out to be the best investment i ever did it was a little duplex in san francisco that my wife and i bought and i was pretty eyes wide shut about what was really going to be involved Mm -hmm. but we you know we circled up every last dollar we could scrape together and borrowed some money from our parents and got our parents to co-sign on the loan and i had just just insanely underestimated the amount of work um and the amount of cost that was going to be involved but we hunkered down and ate peanut butter and slept in a partially renovated house for and had our first child there um and but we had made a good choice on the real estate and um and timing helped us a lot and we ended up having a property that was worth um uh, considerably more than we would ever have imagined and um you know because of the nascent real estate background i had from from my day job uh, it ended up percolating into a career and you know I was really lucky to 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 have my naiveness on the one hand but to have the opportunity and to have um a pretty plucky wife as um as my my wing person mm-hmm. and you know our our careers came out of it but uh yeah i i wouldn't say that um i wouldn't say that i've ever been um stressed out about money because uh, again for me it it's, it's really just about uh living your life and and being able to do something well and you know if you're fortunate you know you may you may um generate some comfort along the way great
1: now i forgot to say one thing everyone when you dial 347-989-0776 to join the conversation press 1 on your phone, then Cliff knows you have a question. So, those of you who are listening live, you get to do that. Press 1 on your phone, and Cliff knows that you have a question, and he can call on you. Now, we have a question that just came in via Facebook. I pretty much expected this one tonight, Mark. It says In the current market, how do you get into the real estate game? So I'm okay. not sure what this person means by game, but let's see what you think. And that came from Brad here in San Francisco. Thanks, Brad.
0: So I, I think there's a, there's a spectrum um, There's arguably several of them, but one of them would be um, the extent to which you need your own independence um, as an investor and um, investment manager or the extent to which you're willing to get your real estate um, investment needs or objectives met um, through uh, a larger mechanism, which might be, I, I suppose, at the far end of that spectrum, you have the public REITs, where you're you're really you're you're investing in companies whose only assets are real estate. So you're you're picking up um, significant real estate exposure there, and um, the opportunity to benefit when when those companies or sectors do well. Um, that's very hands-free. It's very liquid. Um, you can you can you can buy and sell or trade at a moment's notice. Um, a lot of investors like the liquidity, so that's another thing you get at that end of the spectrum. If you feel strongly, now for that people you need- who are
1: beginners who are listening to the yes. show, you're going to have to break down liquidity and hands-free. Okay. What do those terms? Okay. Mean?
0: So I so uh, in a REIT, which is uh, it's a it's a specific term for a publicly traded stock whose only assets are are real estate, and the acronym stands for real estate investment trust. And so when I say hands free, you're not going to have any need or even prerogative to to do any directing of the course of that investment strategy other than buying or selling the stock. And owning it and taking the benefits that, that that come with it, or suffering the losses that come with it. So it is completely hands free because there's nothing you can do except push, buy, or sell, or submit your yearly uh, proxy statement. So it's kind of um, like owning
1: any other kind of stock.
0: Exactly, it is a stock, and they, okay. they trade on the New York Stock Exchange. Okay. And so um, that's what I that's what I mean to connote by pants-free, but you had another question, and I've already forgotten yeah, what it was. that's
1: okay. So what I'm looking at is for those people, because I know we have some among our listening audience, whether you're listening live or listening later via recording, people who are at different places on their life journey. Some already own a home and are looking to invest. Some don't own a home and are looking to buy a home. So I'm curious, Here's- is owning a REIT and letting that stock gain value, is that a possible way to put together a down payment for a home?
0: You bet. Um, It would be true of any other stock that you would like to buy that you think might appreciate or any mutual fund um, that you think might appreciate. It's a means of making an initial investment that you have hopes that will grow that you can subsequently use to seed um, the ownership of your own home. And I remember what your other question was. It was about liquidity. And you know, liquidity is simply the ability to get to your money whenever you want it. If it's in a checking account, that's liquid. The only only thing that's going to be more liquid than a checking account is money that's sitting on your kitchen table. Um, illiquid is something that by its very structure is going to be traded or harvested much less frequently. And a real estate investment is the classic example of that because you're buying a hard asset you're generally making a uh, significant down payment uh you're generally encumbering it with long-term debt and um in order to realize gains on that um as an investment you're generally going to spend more time so uh, you know a freestanding home that you own yourself is a classic example of of an Ill- illiquid but generally worthwhile investment the but you're more in a position to control your own strategy and timing on that Whereas with stock, which 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 is liquid, um, you can you can get in and, in and out at any time you want, and you control your liquidity, but you may not have any ability whatsoever to control the investment strategy or objectives.
1: Ah, so Mark, what does prosperity mean to you? Everyone wants to have that feeling, that experience of prosperity. What does that mean to you?
0: Well, I think it's um, a sense that you have a uh, a level of comfort um, and confidence that you're 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 living happily within um, the means that you have, and that you're able to save uh, for your future. We 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 discussed earlier my view that that money comes from your work. Money also comes from putting it in and continuing to put it in and continuing to put it in and just sweeping it away and having either savings or forced savings that you know are gonna be there at some point in time. So I, I think arguably many of us would would also um include uh you know uh, uh the promise of a better future in our in our sense of prosperity, um and, and, and the ability to have our needs met. Um that may be fairly baseline, um, but I doubt that anybody would really uh cite those as things that they they don't want to have, um, people may, you know, may, may have a more ambitious definition of prosperity.
1: Yeah, yeah. So certainly you spoke to the feeling, and I would add that we want to really project into our lives a sense that we are safe. And I think for many people, one of the reasons there's so much disturbance about money and upset and emotions around money is a lot of people grew up not feeling safe with money, that mm-hmm. parents either um, thought about it or got upset about it. I remember my mother used to get very, very uptight every month when it was time to pay the bill. She had the most sure. beautiful handwriting you could imagine, and she would sit up at night, and she would write out all these checks and all these envelopes for checks. This was in the old days when people weren't paying bills online. And I would wake up the next morning and there would be these beautifully written checks and envelopes. And mom was in a foul mood. Mm.
0: And she mm. was likely
1: to say things like, well, do you think money grows on trees?
0: Yeah. I'm like, yeah. um,
1: no. So for me, prosperity is also feeling safe that you don't have that big anger, upset or fear around money.
0: So Boy I agree let's, with you go ahead. completely go ahead. on that, Brenda. And and I think that um you've really put your finger uh on an issue um and that is it is it the presence or absence of money that in and of itself um created the problem or was it strain, fear, one thing or another that, that manifested in, in problems between people and that it was the problems between people that were scaring the heck out of the kids.
1: Yeah, a lot of times my experience is that for generations people bring fear about money into their marriage and relationships. Now we have a question. Uh, This is coming in from Tina. Uh, Tina is also in San Francisco. She says, I live in a low-income area, and I want to invest in property. Do
0: you have any advice? (laughs) Yes. Um, first of all, uh, no matter where you're starting from, you need to figure out how to loot the cupboards and call in favors, and raise as much um, raise as much cash as you can. Um, you, you, if you're starting out, it's very likely that um, you're going to stretch yourself more than you, you've ever imagined. It's, I, I, I would almost say you're not going to have enough, and that's and quite frankly, that's that's how I started. Then um, you also need to have a bona fide uh financing strategy, and in a city like san francisco uh you're going be you're going to be able to access uh programs such as f h a or in some cases v a financing um, which are which are really designed uh to help people stretch their cash savings and get people on the track uh to home ownership. Uh, what's more in San Francisco, uh, I'm not as up-to-date with this as I used to be, but I, I know that in San Francisco they have, uh, through through city government, uh, probably the Mayor's Office of Housing, they have a variety of programs that are um,
1: designed
0: and structured uh, to help people get in um, permanent, long-term homeownership um, opportunities and help them get um, – Help them arrange the financing and equity to do to do that sort of thing and and again, I'm somewhat out of out of out of my information on that is somewhat out of date, but I'd be very surprised if those programs don't still exist so this
1: would mean Tina Mark is saying do a Google search, get online and look for help buying homes, look for government programs, city government programs. I'll bet you if you put in some keywords, you're going to come up with all sorts of things that are available to help you get started. And I know that there are people who do, what is that called, Mark, um, when people pool their money and buy a place Tenancies together?
0: Tendencies in common.
1: Tendencies in common. Um, you know, that sure. might be an option. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not an expert, but I would say if I were you, the first thing i do is write down exactly what you want, because I'm a big believer in setting intention. Write down this is my intention, to be a property owner. Write down the area you want to live in, and write down exactly how you want that property to be laid out. Now, I'm speaking from experience. I've actually done that, where I wrote down 19 different points. And when I found the property I later bought, I recognized it the minute I walked in because it matched my 19 wow. different points, so nice. set your intention, and believe me, I worked a magic deal to get it <laughs> so here's another question uh it says this is from Jose. It says, Would you suggest taking equality equity excuse me equity out of homes out of my home to purchase an investment property? So it's Sandy and Jose. Okay, I got it. Thank you so much, Sandy and Jose. What do you think, Mark?
0: Well, so I would be, to, to be quite frank, I would be agnostic about that. I would say that if you're if you're taking additional financing onto your home to harvest some of that equity, that can be a great strategy. Um, you need to be very satisfied that the um, investment um, opportunity that you're going to go into is going to uh, generate enough returns for you to to justify the additional level of borrowing that you've taken out, and I think at the same time you want to be mindful that if you have a you know if you have a five hundred thousand dollar property and you've got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of equity in it and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of financing and you put another hundred and fifty thousand dollars of financing on it with that i mean you just have to be really clear that you now have a hundred thousand dollars of equity where you had significantly more than that to begin with. So your equity in your home should always be very dear uh, to you because they don't, they don't just, you know, they don't, they don't just come along. Uh, You earned the opportunity to buy and own that home. And so you you want to satisfy yourself that whatever you want to invest in, whether it's another piece of real estate or stock or commodities or bonds or what have you, that, that um, you're going to be able to afford, uh, Adequately afford the additional encumbrance you have on your home, um, and that you'll be you'll, you'll likely be satisfied with the uh, returns that you may make um, wherever you choose to um, to reinvest that that equity. It is your equity, and you're just putting it somewhere else.
1: Okay, good advice, Mark. I wish we had more time to talk. I want to let everyone know that Mark uh, is one of the Founders of Hamilton Zans. That's Z A N Z E, and his website is tripledubtinzans dot com. That's triple W Hamilton all one word Z A N Z E dot com. And I would bet. If you sent some emails over to Mark, you might get some answers to your questions if we didn't get to your questions tonight. The important thing is Mark is saying, be thoughtful. He says, raid the cupboards. He's saying, look everywhere for help and support in getting into the real estate Market, even in what we all know is a hot market right now. But because it's hot doesn't mean you're shut out. There are programs, there are ways to do it. And I say, have faith in yourself, have faith that this is a friendly, prosperous world, and write your letter of intention and then follow up with action. So thank you so much, Mark Hamilton, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate your information. Dr. Brenda,
0: thank you so much.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. So everyone, I want you to know that if you want to learn more about love and money and even Seva, I have a free monthly seminar, one Wednesday evening of every month, we have a free seminar, and one Saturday a month, I do a free all-day live seminar. There's one coming up, which is going to be July 11th, that's this coming Saturday, at our Modern Love Academy. If you're interested, my own personal coach, Don Smith, is going to be our special guest, Skyping in from beautiful British Columbia. And you are going to learn how to end self-sabotage in your love life. How about that? So definitely send me an email, love at docwade.com, love at docwade.com, and reserve your space. And again, it's free. Nothing to stand in the way. Coming up, listen in. We have Dr. Paul Coleman, Finding Peace When Your Heart is in Pieces, and Andrea Reynolds, talking about Before You Say I Do, some great programs to help you have lives filled with love, prosperity, and lots of happiness. So thank you to our producer, LeGrand Green. Thank you to Cliff Dunning, our associate producer. Thank you, all of you Modern Love listeners. I send you love and blessings. And hit me back anytime on social media, Dr. Brenda Wade. All right, blessings,
0: everyone. Good night.